Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Muckrake Podcast. I'm Nick Houselman, and this is an announcement to let you know that we are going to be doing a new series called The Weekender over on Patreon that will appear every Friday. And this is a little sneak preview so you can get a handle on what it's like and why you'd want to go over there and join the Patreon and be part of that community, which has been incredible and amazing with a lot of people there and a lot of great conversations. So uh, here it is. Check it out. And uh, feel free to check out the actual Patreon as well at patreon.com slash muckrake podcast hey everybody welcome to the muckrake podcast weekender edition uh patreon exclusive uh i'm jerry h sexton here with nick houselman uh we we got a lot of stuff to talk about today we got to talk about uh the plan that is currently in congress right now to add seats to the supreme court we got to talk about the republican party surprise surprise uh embracing replacement white supremacist theory we gotta get into all that But before we do, um, we got to talk about, you know, this is obviously a more casual episode that that we do. It's a little bit more unbuttoned, all that stuff. We have more fun in this episode. Uh, But we have to talk about something that is uh, just broken within the past couple of hours. Uh, We're recording this on Thursday, April 15th. And uh, the the video of Adam Toledo, a 13 year old boy in Chicago being shot by a police officer has just dropped. Uh, I've watched it. Uh, Nick has watched it um, in order, you know, to see what this is and stay abreast of this thing. Uh, we need to talk about this and policing and police violence and uh, where this comes from. But I just want to say uh, before we move even a step further, absolutely putrid, disgusting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's I, I get frustrated because I can already picture the defense yep. and, um, you know, he could get off because the kid's running and it's in an alley and it's in the middle of the night and it's dark. You know, and I know they can get a free stream of his hands up before they shoot him. Um, but I think the whole training, you know, we talk about defund the police. It really should be like you, we need to change the way police are trained in these situations so that this doesn't happen. You know what I mean? I mean, because I, the cop is going to argue that, like, I couldn't tell what his hands were doing. I was running for blocks. It was, you know what I mean? It was all intense. And all of a sudden he stops and he turns around. Um, that He might be able to argue that. And that's what's frustrating because he shouldn't be in a situation where we're chasing someone like that uh, and, and put themselves into peril. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even sure I know what the answer is. But it's, it's, just, it's just wrenching because there isn't a clear-cut answer. To answer. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Um, you know, as as we're sitting here, uh, I mean, the Derek Chauvin trial is wrapping up. Uh, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I certainly have a great amount of anxiety that uh, you know I've seen I've seen a lot of uh, you know murder cops go unpunished. This is a situation, and and you know, sure we can talk about training, but we also need to talk about the fact that the mindset of law enforcement in the United States of America is the problem. What they are, who they are, and how they approach this thing. Um, you know, I think a lot, and, uh, you know, I, I, I go online sometimes because I try, as, as you know, we, we talked on Tuesday about the Iraq war, how that occurred, you know, and we talked about it as like chess pieces and how this was used in order to take people's resources. Um, I try really hard to wrap my head around this and put myself in the position. So like I'll go and watch video of like troops in Iraq and how they operate and, you know, how they move around places and how they deal with their duties. Right. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, troops in Iraq for the longest time were dealing with an insurgency, which meant that you had to assume that everybody in Iraq was ready to kill you. You had to assume that everybody in Iraq was either your enemy or was against you in some way, shape or form. Right. Right. So you were always ready for them to pull a gun. You were always ready for them to wire a bomb. You were always ready for them to be uh, in league with terrorists. That is very different from what law enforcement should be. But that is not what this country is. Our law enforcement treats itself like it is a domestic military force that is and, and, and this is this is the thin blue line mythology, right? And for anybody, I mean, I assume everybody knows it, but let's define it. The thin blue line is the saying that our police forces are a thin blue line between society and chaos and anarchy and violence. Um, that's bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. It assumes that people are awful and corrupted and disgusting and prone to violence. That right there is a problem. And the history of law enforcement in both this country and around the world is in the belief that certain people are better than others and that those people need to be corralled and they need to be kept from hurting other people. And for anybody looking between the lines, that is both an ideology of white supremacy, but also hierarchical thinking where poor people or, you know, destitute people are terrible and they need to be kept in line or else they'll commit crimes left and right. It is the ideology and the mindset and the worldview that leads to a, I, Nick, he's 13 years old. He was 13 years old. He's, he's a sixth grader, right? Like, or, or, wait, no. Yeah, that, that's right. And it's like a sixth grader or a seventh grader shot him, shot him dead in cold blood, hands up, no weapons. Um, fuck these people. That's that's what I have to say about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and let me just put a, a, another piece of the puzzle to that is, uh, you know, if, if the cops or these, you know, the silent majority, whoever's out there who wants to assume <laughs> that these people um, are just awful crime, you know, crime laden, you know, just I have to do this. The, 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 the majority of people that commit crimes are doing that because their situation is so bad and so dire. Why? Well, because the economy leaves people like that completely behind. So we could draw all sorts of parallels to when you watch these, you know, tax cuts that they do for these wealthy corporations. They're supposed to trickle down that will never get anywhere near the lo- the, the lower class and people who really would need it and help. Um, that this is what you get out of that. Certainly, a great pr- pr- portion of crime is built out of that scenario that we have. You know, completely. You know, uh, gridlocked our our uh, country. Now we haven't mentioned the fact that there's another person just murdered uh, in Minnesota as well because yep. the cop erroneously pulled her. Well, now we have to decide whether or not she did it on purpose or not, uh, or as an accident. She pulled her instead of the taser. She pulled the gun and just just killed the person two feet away from her. Um, these are the things we talk about. When we're talking about needing to reform the police. So I feel like, A, it has to start with what you mentioned perfectly at the top, which is this is not what they're for. No. Right? Just for, this, the whole notion of what police stand for, but also just how they're supposed to deal with all these things. And if you have military members who join the police forces, which is very common. Uh, and by the way, you give them military hardware. Yeah. You know, then you're pro, you have to deprogram them before you can let them back on the streets. And I don't think that's happening either. So it's it's a clusterfuck. And I don't I, you know, it's hard to picture like how you're supposed to make this right quickly. You know, this is a this would take decades in my mind, I think, the way the way it's set up now to kind of get reform in and have it actually be meaningful. 
But we have to do something because it might take a while. And if you don't start now, we're going to have these these kind of trials and these kind of awful situations uh, forever. They're never going to stop. Yeah. So we're we're recording this. Um, and again, just within the past hour or so, um, you know, this is this is dropped and gotten out there, uh, you know, and for days, by the way. And this is one of the more repulsive things about all of it. For days, the media has talked about this as basically telling us that you're going to see a weapon in his hands. You know, basically to try and make that happen. Um, Lori Lightfoot, who is the the mayor of Chicago, who ran on this idea of uh, reforming Chicago, uh, she has been out in front of this and, you know, said, said some of the things that are important. She said, you know, this is a systemic failure that we, we, we failed him, but also said, quote unquote, this remains a complicated and nuanced story. And we all must proceed with deep empathy and calm and importantly, peace. I, man, I, I have to tell you, and I don't know how you feel about it, and I don't know how our listeners feel about it. Um, it's really hard to remain peaceful. You know what I mean? Like, it really, truly is. And and there comes a certain point where you start to realize that law enforcement, who, again, see themselves as holier than thou, who see themselves as the last line of defense against the unwashed masses, Right. Who are going to just destroy everything at some point. Like you said, you have to start wondering about the policies, about power, about money, about resources. And you start to realize that the state has a monopoly on violence because it's supposed to be the thing that we're all trying to live within. And it keeps us from being barbaric and awful or whatever, you know, Hobbes and Locke and all of that stuff. At some point, you got to look at this thing and you have to say, you know, I understand better angels of our nature and all that. I don't know how you watch that video and you don't feel a little bit radicalized. I don't. I really don't know how you do it. And I don't know how you continue going down this line because you're exactly right. Every time that we start talking about reform, and by the way, we talked about defunding. And by defunding, we mean taking resources from the police who should not be called on most of these calls. It should be social workers. It should be people who are dealing with mental health and dealing with crisis and poverty, tons of things that need to be done. Maybe taking some of their budgets and changing it to people who could handle, you know, situations without guns. What they do when we talked about that? They won't do anything about it. No, no, they lost their minds. What do you mean? We're the thin blue line. You could never take money away from us. Oh, my God. Right. Uh, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, we would like somebody to be prosecuted. And the, the police unions are like, well, that, that won't happen. You, we're the thin blue line, right? Like we, we can't do that. And it just keeps going and going and going and going. And it reaches the point where it's like you won't even allow us modest reform. You won't even allow us to start having a conversation about how to change this paradigm. And then you get out in front and you say, this is a nuanced situation. Well, motherfucker, I watched a 13-year-old kid get gunned down in cold blood. That's not a nuanced situation. You know what I mean? And there are some times where telling people to remain calm is gaslighting people. It's telling people, hey, trust us, things will get better. And I'll tell you what, we know in this country, this country isn't very great about things just moderately getting better. Right. It's a frustrating 
It's a frustrating, pissed off type situation for sure. This this is a a week filled with all sorts of things that all connect in a weird way. You know, you'll talk to these cops, you know, who are, you know, who've been in the force for 25 years and they're jaded and they've been in the, you know, they've seen shit that's been, they'll curl your toes, right? Uh, They know what it's like. And when they hear, and and they'll tell you, you know, how how dare you say to defund us or whatever. We know how to take care of this stuff and we've been doing it long enough. But the bottom line is taking care of the stuff is what we keep seeing every week, every day across the country. So it's hard because that argument is, well, shit, he's got a lot of experience. He knows how bad people can be. But those aren't the people that probably should be really uh, doing the policy because they are jaded. It's been so long in the soup. Now, we've had Kristen um, Clark, who is now being, you know, was from the Senate to be uh, the civil, uh, run the civil rights, uh, be the civil rights lawyer for the the administration. Um, and it was like I was listening to Fox. I happened to stumble upon Fox News on my radio uh, while they were talking about this. And like out of this, this you know, and they're trying to, you know, tar and feather her uh, as some radical who hates Jews and who hates uh, white people and all these different things. And then out of nowhere, though, this connects. They start talking about the 1619 Project. I'm not even sure how that even came about in the midst of this discussion. And oh, I know how. I okay, can tell you. Well, you can connect that because there's because what they say is what if you teach the 1619 Project, you are going to teach kids to hate their country and hate the cops. Yep. Now, well, we're watching that that video we just saw would teach me to hate the cops. I'm sure it would yep. teach a lot of people to hate the cops, like you're talking about. Here they are saying, well, if we teach actual real history of the United States, that's going to teach you to hate the cops, too. Well, that to me, OK, great. Let's reform this. If we both are on the same page here, then let's do something about it. Well, OK, so I'm going to I'm going to take a, a, a wild right turn <laughs> and, and like I promise I'll bring it back. Just stay with me for a second. Okay. So, you know, we, we, we spend some time on this show talking about popular culture and movies and stuff and how it's in conversation with culture and politics and it reflects it and goes back and forth. Um, I think all of us are very familiar from the 1980s, uh, even late 1970s, 1980s, early 1990s. We're very familiar with the gritty cop movies where the cops go outside the lines you know what I mean? But they need to, right? They need to go outside the lines. They need to rough people up. They need to not respect people's rights. They need to plant evidence. They need to break in and then, you know, come up with reasons yeah. why they did it. Feeling lucky today. Are you feeling lucky, punk? And all of that stuff, by the way, um, that's not just movies and popular culture. That is an ideology in America, which is they need to do that stuff. And it's a bunch of pussy liberals who want you to follow the rules, right? And by the way, that's that's the whole thing that they're doing, is it's the idea it's an emasculated culture, right? That mm-hmm. somehow or another cares about criminals' rights more than they care about the rights of the people. It's all bullshit. That idea is what those people want, which is fascism. They just don't want our cameras around. You know what I mean? It's like Rodney King was like a sea change moment because it was like, hey, every now and then, if you're going to crack some dude's skull, you're going to get caught on camera doing it. Mm -hmm. They want it to continue to happen. They just want us to shut up about it and let them get to the dirty work of abusing people and violating their rights. That's number one. Number two, the 1691 Project is reframing America through the lens of slavery and white supremacy. Guess what? The original police squads in this country were about reining in 
dangerous slaves. And I'm talking about fugitive slaves who ran away. I'm talking about slave uprisings. That's how you get the police. That's how you get the Second Amendment. All of that stuff comes from the fact that there were more of them than there were of the slave masters and slave owners. They needed a force with overwhelming force. That's not untrue. That's 100% our history. They don't want to talk about that. They don't want that in the discourse. The, what they have, and, and by the way, I've spent a lot of time on the book lately um, researching what we would call cultural Marxism, okay? And we've heard that, right? They'll say it every now and then on Fox News when they're not like minding their P's and Q's. And it sounds like it's just, you know, Marxist philosophy or whatever. That's not what it is. It's a conspiracy theory. And, and, and this actually expounds on something we've talked about a lot and what they try and do. Cultural Marxism says that movies, TV shows, books, art, culture, music, that makes you feel bad about being an American, that criticizes the American experience. By the way, we would be grouped in on that, right? We would be considered a culturally Marxist podcast Thank because you. we criticize America, right? That it's a conspiracy. And it's being done by, surprise, surprise, Jewish people, and communist in order to make people feel bad about America so they can destroy America. And it goes back to everything we keep talking about, which is it's a giant fucking conspiracy and don't you dare criticize them or you're attacking America, which is why the police need to be a standing army. And you've been listening to a free preview of our Patreon exclusive Weekender show. If you want to get in on all the fun and get that bonus episode every week, not to mention exclusive content, uh, live hangouts, question and answer sessions. We're even going to do some of these live so you can come and watch how the sausage is made. All you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash podcast. On top of that, you get to hang out with the Muckrake community, which are a really good group of people. So you should do that. That is patreon.com slash podcast. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you.